Podcasting. The PSJs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, myself, Ken Miller, talking sports with you for the next couple of hours. And boy, is there ever a lot of sports to discuss. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, 25 after the hour or thereabouts, we're going to get our friend Cody Goodwin uh, from the Des Moines Register in here. We're going to pick up on the high school story, a football story with the uh, Des Moines Public Schools taking their stance the governor has made her stance known something has got to give we'll pick cody's brain on that the uh, practices continue uh with the des moines schools because after all a week from friday night uh the curtain goes up on another season of high school football here in the state of iowa mitch holtis is the voice of the kansas city chiefs about 10 minutes before the hour of 11 mitch will join us in his normal spot papa john's here in central iowa uh, sponsors mitch uh david kaplan Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible for Trent and I to have Cappy weekly from now on for the foreseeable future. We will get him live as he is on the air now. He's got a new time slot. He'll join us live uh, at uh, 11.05 and we'll recap the Blackhawks season. We'll talk about the Cubs and the Cardinals, uh, the White Sox. Mix in a little Bears conversation. Lots of ground to cover with Cappy. Bulls are going to need a new head coach. Uh, perhaps we'll find some uh, time to get that in as well. And then Frank Schwab from YahooSports.com, one of our go-to NFL uh, reporters, will join us at 11.25. He writes for Yahoo Sports, part of the shutdown corner. Look forward to catching up with Frank as there are lots to discuss. Trent, if it was not for the death of the uh, the... Best Winnipeg Jet of all time, Dale Howard checked yesterday. I might consider yesterday the best day we've had in sports since the resumption of sports. There's no doubt. When I came bounding in here, uh, had, what, a half hour ago as we were getting ready and doing our pre-show planning as we always do. Right. More or less just BSing back and forth with each other for 20 minutes or so. I said the exact same thing. That, that was last night as entertained as I have been for such a long stretch of time. Mm-hmm. It... Happened throughout the afternoon. back here in the day. Yeah. yeah the, the, the NBA was good. The hockey was good. You mentioned mm-hmm. the Islanders had a 2 nothing lead. They gave that up. Let them off the hook. And uh, here comes the Capitals. Yep. And, and we'll see, of course, with uh, the power that they have with Ovechkin mm-hmm. and if they can make a big comeback. But it was so entertaining throughout the day. Twins game, I was locked into that one. Wasn't and that something? Maeda taking the no-hitter into the ninth inning, giving Were up. Were you surprised that he was given an opportunity to come out? I wasn't, given no. the circumstances, even though it was a career high. What was he at? A buck 13, I think yeah. it was, uh, after eight innings. And look, he had a very short leash, obviously. Yeah, um, and just Sogard hits one off the freaking end of his bat oh, to spoil yeah. it, right? It was, that was a killer and, yeah. and a tough way for it to end to him. So I didn't, after that, I didn't get back until extra innings because okay. I saw the hit and I wanted to get back to the basketball uh-huh. because, you know, I'm on this Portland team. Yes, you are. Uh, and, and that, that was a really entertaining basketball game, but there was so much. It was, you know, like I say, if, if Howard, if, if Howard Chuck hadn't passed yesterday, that would have been it for me as the, 
You know, and there's been some entertaining days, but when you got two eight seeds beating two ones, <laughs> right? And and even you know another aspect of the day in sports yesterday was the um, um, the revelation, if you want to call it that, the unveiling of the piece of videotape that showed exactly what happened after the Raptors won the championship when the security guard was the one that was actually pushing uh, Masai Uriji around. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying his name right. I'm doing my best there. Uh, but you know who I mean, the general manager of the Toronto Raptors. And that was a big deal when he, Masai, came out on the floor and um, they found video and uh, never had uh, been seen before video that doesn't look very good for the cop, security, whatever he was, because it was clearly him uh, that was behind the whole thing. And that lawsuit that he filed, trying to fraudulently (laughs) uh, get millions of dollars, um, that's not going to end well for him. But yeah, just a wonderful day. So let's start with your twins, because that was was good TV, Trent. Mm -hmm. And and Burt Blylevin was in the booth. uh, And Burt uh, was good last night. He seemed rejuvenated. Well, he's had some time off. Right? Yes, yes, he yeah. Yes. Yeah. He had a lot of things to say, and it, it was good. It was a good broadcast. I'm a Dick Bremer fan. I think it's a great broadcast. Uh, but Maeda, my gosh, what do you have? Eight strikeouts in a row. In at a one row. Point? Yeah. I mean, he was. Think about that. That's a Twins record. It was one off the American League record mm-hmm. and two off the all-time Major League record. Eight consecutive strikeouts. He was sharp. And Bremer was talking about this and kind of thinking back as they were getting ready for that ninth inning. It wasn't a hard hit ball. There's only two balls yeah, that left the infield right. until that hit that yeah. finally barely blooped into short center field there. He was as dominant mm-hmm. as you're going to find against a pretty good Brewers lineup. Yeah, of course, Yelich is not the Yelich we saw two years ago. The injury last he year. He woke up at Wrigley Field this past he weekend, did. but he hasn't taken with him to Target Field yet. There's It's a good lineup. Solid lineup. Yep. And they had no clue against him. Mm-hmm. This is... The concern with this Twins team has been... Get in the playoffs. They don't have the ace. They don't have the guy at the top. Barrios. Did we watch the ace last night, maybe? And I think we might be trending that direction. Because Barrios, there's knocks against him because he hasn't morphed into that number one. Right. That dude's your number two or three. You're in really good shape. Absolutely. And I think that maybe is what he is. Mm-hmm. There was hope. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's what he's going to turn out to be. We, no, because seen... this year, what, he's about a five-inning pitcher. Yeah. Five-inning pitcher to give three, four runs in that span. He is a guy that at least historically, his first couple of seasons, was great the first couple of months, and then seemed to hit a wall. Uh And the hope was going to be this year that, well, you have that just happen, and there's no wall to hit because the season will be over before the time comes up. But he, listening to a lot of Twins people, one thing that they say about him, he's as dedicated to his craft and getting his body completely right for the beginning of the season than anybody on that roster. And that's a roster that has some pretty good professionals on there on the pitching side, but that's what it is. And that's at least the theory of why he's so good at the beginning of the season. Well, he didn't have that same kind of ramp up. He had to shut it down, start it up, start it. His velocity's been really good, but I think that's just what Brios is. A really good three. Yeah, middle of the rotation. Maybe two, maybe two. A a solid two, perhaps, but that's the upside for him. Maeda does this. Rich Hill, we know when healthy, Mm -hmm. how good he can be. And you still have Michael Pineda, who's pitching great. He's going to be back at the end of this month off of his suspension. That's a rotation that can stand up, coupled with their bullpen, short of Taylor Rogers, <laughs> yeah. that lines up as good as anybody, and the offense still hasn't clicked here. Oh, and they're going to get Donaldson back, and yeah. he's going to be a factor in this thing before it's all said and Polanco made a play. Did you see no, that play? No, but I saw your tweet. Oh, my goodness. It was not a sharply hit ball. He had to charge in from shortstop to get it, but it was a bang-bang play at first base. He barehanded it. On a ball that had some velocity. It wasn't a slow roller, 
by any means. Barehanded it, made the throw. Absolutely incredible to get out of it. And I walked away. And maybe it was because my team won. <laughs> but I've seen the extra inning games, but I haven't been invested. This is the first extra inning game that the Twins have played this Uh-oh, year. Uh-oh, where are you going here? I love it. I, I love <laughs> it. So, so it was entertaining. I was on the edge of my seat. It's fun, isn't it? 10th inning, 11th inning. Yeah. It just... The part of baseball, I've told you this before. I, I have some people that aren't big baseball fans. And during the summer, how do you talk about baseball? And I always tell them, baseball to me is the easiest sport to talk about. If you watch. On sports radio. Yeah, yeah. you got to watch the games. Yeah. Because every single decision, you can second guess. Mm-hmm. You can third guess. You can, that's what makes the converse, conversation about baseball so much fun. And then you add this element with that runner at second base. What do you do? Do you yeah. bunt him over? Do you move him here? Sacrifice. The Brewers screwed up a sacrifice fly that would have given them the lead. Oh. I think that was in the 11th inning that that one happened. And just on and on and on. It adds an element that I wasn't expecting well, that to have was that the kind first, of excitement. That, was that the Twins' first extra inning game this year? It was, yeah. Oh, so you're, yeah, this was your first experience. I'd, I mean, 24 hours, Trent, 24 hours ago we had this conversation. Yeah, and I've completely changed. Yeah, it's looking, I, I'm with you now. Again, as I said yesterday, once we get back to normal, mm-hmm. I'm okay with the tenth and eleventh inning, you know, going old school kind. If you want to, yeah. Let, let's let's you know keep the runner. Let's let's try and end it. Um, but it, once you get to that twelfth inning, I'm I think okay. that's the perfect time. Mm-hmm. And I am good with that now going forward. If they start, we get a full one sixty two next year. They implement the rule: runner at second, starting in the twelfth inning. I still want to see the tenth, the eleventh, yeah. be normal. But starting in the twelfth, I am right there with you. Boy, that was a fun night. And then I had to go with the two TV setup because. You mentioned your Portland Trailblazers. My Portland Trailblazers. That was so what that was entertaining last night. AD couldn't throw it in the ocean. They stopped posting no. him up late in the game. The game plan there, Frank Vogel. Ooh. Yeah. Look, Davis is going to be better. And he still had his points, but yeah. you're right. He struggled. Was he uh, 8 of 24, 8 of 25, uh, something like He finished that. with 28. I don't know what the stat was. But yeah, he but it wasn't efficient. Right. No, I agree with you. Him and LeBron a combined 1 of 10 from 3. Trent, and, and who, when those guys aren't, aren't get, making their shots, who else is on that team that can pick them up? Kuzma's the only other guy I that guess. even has. An, he, he has flashes, mm-hmm. but that's it. He is not... Certainly a dependable number three. I mean, Caruso played 29 minutes yeah. last night. Caldwell Pope? Come on. Jeez. Uh, this this Portland team, well, did you see what Barkley said before the, uh, oh, by yeah. the way, they are so good, that that uh, that team. And every time I see the big desk, oh, it just cracks God. me up. I mean, that, that thing has but to be But you know what? Big. They fit because Shaq is huge. Yes. He, he is a big, this just in. Um, That's a lot of shakaronis. Oh, there is a lot of shakaronis. And, and these guys, it's, it's so good, but to see... So before the game, Barkley says, look, if Portland wins the first game of this series, they're going to sweep the Lakers. And, of course, the blowback blowback came very quickly, uh, as you would expect. And then they cut to the, at the end of the at the end of the night. They and I saw this on Twitter, but I didn't stick around for the post game. There's Barkley with a broom, <laughs> sweeping up the set. Uh, that's such. I mean, ESPN. Like they try, they just have yet to find Jay Williams, Jalen Rose, Maria Taylor. Mm-hmm. When were they on? What night was last night? Tuesday night. So Monday night they had it. Yep. They're okay, but these yeah, guys I like Jalen just, Rose. Yeah, this is head and shoulders. Though. Yeah, the, it's a different level. Yeah, they have the, fun. The production, too, that they do. Those uh-huh. production guys do a really good job. They, they've they been using more and more tweets and then the gifts that come along with it of people. Yeah. And, and they're just hilarious. Jet getting out of his seat and going to the big TV and walking up the stair. Uh, it's great TV, Trent. It's really good TV. And the basketball was great early in the day. I mean, we all had Orlando, right? <laughs> oh, jeez. Boy, oh, boy, what is wrong with the Bucks? That was awful. They... 
had one of the ho- biggest historic upsets in the quote unquote regular yeah. season. Uh, was it Brooklyn? Yeah, where Brooklyn had nobody left. Right. And what was that? That was, a was huge like seventeen number. and a huge half, number. something like that. Mm-hmm. Hadn't seen that in the NBA since the mid nineties. A point spread that big, where a team pulled the outright upset, and then that one. It wasn't a game where yeah, just shots weren't falling or Giannis was struggling. It wasn't that at all. No, they just got uh-uh. beat. They got beat. They got outplayed. They got outplayed right from the jump, for crying out loud. Look, Nick Nurse fans, um, I know there's one for sure, and I know there's a few more of them, obviously, is in Iowa. Toronto's going to be tough in the East. Yes. Toronto's going to be tough again in the East. It's so great hearing NBA people that have no connection like we do. We, we right. root for Nick Nurse. Mm-hmm. But I was listening to Bill Simmons and Ryan Rasillo, their podcast Monday, and... To hear two guys that know the NBA, I think as well as anybody, mm-hmm. say that Nick Nurse is the best coach in the NBA, and it's not close. Mm-hmm. To hear that from those mm-hmm. two guys, I thought Nick Nurse. Yeah, I mean, I guy that. he was coaching up the street here. That I mean, had to fight and claw just to get a job. He spent a lot of time D-League. in this studio when the Iowa yeah. Energy right. uh, were first uh, brought into existence. That was great. It's fun. It's fun to watch him on the sidelines and the, the success that he's enjoying and. Uh, they won it last year, and they're trying to repeat without Kawhi Leonard. Now, still, there's going to be the Celtics, probably, although mm. Gordon Hayward. They say four, four, four weeks. weeks yeah. four, to, uh, four minimum weeks, I think. So, anyways, uh, the basketball was fun. Baseball was fun. We haven't got to the Cubs, Cubs and the Cardinals. Hugh Darvish was incredible. Yeah. Hugh Darvish, Kyle Hendricks, John Lester. Still has something left, but he's in the right slot now. He's the three. You can argue with the first two, the one of the two. You want Darvish to start a series. You want Kyle Hendricks to start a series. Chatwood was better than I think a lot of people were uh, believed until he went uh, on the uh, uh, injured list. Um, Mills has been a revelation, yes, for crying out loud. He's been fun to watch. Wick. Wick I got another save last mm-hmm. night. Trent, if the bats can get going, and by the way, Schwarber's home run, the best part of Kyle Schwarber's home run, and he just tattooed it. So they showed him, they showed the ball leaving the ballpark, dot, dot, dot. Uh, they showed him rounding the bases. But in one of the replays, Baez is on second base. So he takes his lead off second base, I don't know, five feet or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And all he does is turn his head. He doesn't move the entire time. So, I mean, it's not he's going to go back and tag up. It's not he's going to wander off into third in case it goes off the wall. He stood in place, turned his head, because he knew he wanted to watch how far the ball was going to go. And, man, oh, man, when, when Schwarber hits him, as we talked about yesterday, there's a lot of adventures in the field, not as many as there were. Obviously, he's getting better. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to bat 230. That's Kyle Schwarber. But, man, when he hits him, when he hits him, uh, there's very few people that uh, you can that you would sit and admire a home run on TV and can't wait for the replay. He's one of them. Watching you, Darvish, that was my biggest takeaway last night. Fourth inning trend. He had bases loaded, mm-hmm. nobody out, and got out of it. This is a guy that was a great pitcher when he came over, but then what happened in the World Series with the Dodgers? Mm-hmm. And well, the the other team had some help. Yeah. <laughs> But we saw at the beginning of last season just how much he was struggling. And you do wonder. Do you know what the theory is? Do you know what the theory is why this turnaround this year? Was that? And they brought it up on the broadcast last night. I think was it was it Eric Carroll's? I think it was. That said it. There's no fans. Oh. Well, so, he was good late last year, too, though. Right. But but apparently the knock on him, and I'm that's one of the questions I've got for Cappy, uh, is, you know, did pressure type of mm-hmm. thing does that get to him and fans being part of it. now i'm with you he was good last year but man this year he's he's even better 
And he's doing it in a completely different way. He has reinvented himself. When he started with the Rangers, it was about an overpowering fastball. And he still got good pop, one ninety four, kind of where he consistently is. But I looked at the pitch, pitch track numbers last night. He threw last night either his slider or curveball 70% of the time. Jeez. 70% of the time he's going with either the slider or the curve. Now, he's got basically three different fastballs that he also throws. Uh-huh. He has the straight fastball. He's got the cut. And then he also has that split finger, which is really, I mean, it's not your traditional drop-off-the-table split-finger fastball that he throws. He has throws three pitches, but... He's relying so much more than he has ever before on the curve and the slider this year. He's so good. Watching a guy, a pitcher like that, doing his craft. It's, I was a huge Pedro Martinez fan mm, just because he was different than anybody else. Yeah. And the way that he pitched and the way that he controlled the game out there. Another reason I love watching Scherzer, because he is in control every single time he gets the ball out there. And you, Darvish is getting to that point now, too, where he controls the way things are going to go. All right, David Ross, who's starting the first game of the playoffs? Oh, it's you. I think it is, too. It's you. And if, I love Carl Hendricks. He, yeah, if he keeps pitching in this fashion, yeah. I think you have to go that direction. Yeah, I think you do, too. Boy, he was good last night. He was really, really good last night. Fun Cubs-Cards game. Uh, Cubs, you know what? This is going to sound crazy. It's a 60-game season. I think whatever happens to this Cubs team, and let's say they, they, they finish what they've got going right now and they're off to a really good start. Um, I've been a little down on but I'm more down on the offense. Mm-hmm. I, I think we'll look back to game two, that, uh, that double dip on Monday night, the three-run bomb by David Bodie, because it looked like for the world that this team was about to lose their fifth straight game. Yeah. It really and yeah. truly did. And Bodie comes off the bench in a pinch-hitting role uh, and hits a three-run bomb and puts them in, uh, gives them the lead. I wonder if that's the point where you're going to look back and, okay, it started to go the wrong way and turning change thing. Yeah, you just wonder. I do. I really do. It's one of those we were just talking about yesterday, the Bodie Grand Slam a year yeah, ago that right. really kind of turned the course, uh, at least at that middle part of the season a year ago with the Grand Slam, the walk-off he had against the Nats. And there's always those kind of moments. When you watch a team game in and game out, those individual moments that maybe even it can be a game winner, but it's just a game. Mm-hmm. But when you look back upon it, I think you're exactly right because things were trending. Things were getting very negative very quickly with this Cubs team. Is there anybody that's going to run them down? I I don't have confidence in the Cardinals or the Brewers to do it. To me, the Reds have too much talent, Trent. I love that. they got to get some games in. That's true. They'll get two of them today by the sounds of it. In theory. Yeah, you know what? Have we have we got the green light yet? Do you know, I've, I I haven't seen any no, no word right. of suspension. Okay. So you got to figure that they're going to go because what time was that game scheduled for I the think, first one? I think it's later. It's later at five o'clock. It's a four and a seven. Four yeah. and a seven. Yeah. Okay. And the Cubs cards today are noon and four, noon and three, one and four, one what, and four, one twenty and four twenty. Gotcha. Are the scheduled start times for the two seven seven? <laughs> That doubleheader, it still is weird, isn't it? Yeah. And how quick those games go. They have been. Yeah, certainly Monday. Boy, oh boy. There's five NHL games today. Five. There's a doubleheader in Kansas City. There's a doubleheader at Wrigley Field. There's a bunch of good NBA. There's other NHL. Oh, I'm just bathing in all of this. It is so, so good. After what we went through, yeah. April. Yeah, I'm with May, you, Trent. Like yesterday, June. yesterday could have been the best day in the, since the resumption. I mean, it had a lot of everything going for it, didn't it? All day long. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the numbers are television-wise. I know they're down. I've seen some articles and about that. Which, what sport? NBA. Yeah. But is there there's something to the theory, not starting games at noon, 
but getting when they normally have these first round games and you got four scheduled and you got two that start around seven our time, two mm-hmm. around nine thirty, staggering them and starting that first one maybe at say four o'clock central, five o'clock eastern. I, I don't know numbers. So wise. I have not seen playoff numbers yet, right. but the regular season numbers. Look, I, I I'm certainly not Joe Average fan, I, I, but. I didn't watch a single minute of the NBA regulars. No, that's not true. I watched the Bucks and the Celtics on a Saturday night because there was nothing else on at 10 o'clock or whatever. But I think a lot of people, kind of like me in that respect, you know, your baseball's anew. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're an all-in-NHL fan, these games count. Those games really didn't count um, in the NBA. Right. I mean, the Suns went undefeated. Right, and didn't get in. And still didn't get in. Right. I, that... I mean, that Eight, shows no. some of the kind of issues that uh-huh. they had set up there. But. but so I think the playoff numbers are going to be a lot more like normal. Mm-hmm. At least I hope, because it's, it's entertaining as hell. These guys are terrific athletes, tremendous athletes. I still think the NHL are better athletes, but we can have that debate all day long. Um, so anyways, Cody Goodwin coming up on high school sports. Look forward to speaking with him. Uh, schools are practicing. Yes, they are. They're all systems mm-hmm. go. More transfers continuing to happen. Ankeny with a new wide receiver. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Arlen, Jags or Hawks? Uh, Hawks. Okay. Arlen Bruce, who is an Iowa commit from the Kansas City area, he'll be playing with the Ankeny Hawks and being opposite Brody Brecht on one side. Wow. Arlen Bruce on the other Yikes. is a slot guy. Yeah, I think they're uh, going to be in good shape. So are they the position. same class or is Bruce? They are. Yep. They're the same class. Yep. Both, uh, both going to oh, be boy. seniors in this upcoming season part of the 2021 recruiting class for Iowa. So the rich keep getting richer. I told you, Johnston, they picked up a young man from Michigan. Doesn't have any D1 offers at this point, but pretty good prospect that I'll be there. Linebacker, running back kind of prospect mm-hmm. that's coming in from Michigan. So it just continues on and on and on. That's an, It's incredible. Uh, boy, oh boy. The, the Hawks have a quarterback? Ankeny Hawks? Yeah. Do they, they have a quarterback? Yeah, they're, they're in good Jeez. shape there too. Boy, I'll say with those two. Yeah, Jace Bauer. Is a really good baseball player. He's a shortstop mm-hmm. on the baseball team, and and he can sling it around there. They can find. They need some help on the offensive line. They they graduated a couple of guys up front that were good for them a year ago. If they can get that, this team is going to put points on the board. Valley, Ankeny, Jeez. Dowling, Southeast Polk has three kids that are going to be juniors that have offers from Michigan. <laughs> it's just it's absolutely incredible the amount of talent here. In the state of Iowa. So what's what's going on? Uh, take, take me to Ankeny. Have, have, uh, will the Hawks have all the buzz, not the Jags this year? I think so. What's I, going I, on, Coach Pizzetti? I know. I, I think Centennial is going Coach to be good, Pizzetti's. too. Well, and you know, everybody gets in the playoffs this year. It's a race to that seven-game yeah. schedule, but then getting yourself in position to have the right side of the bracket. Mm-hmm. This is going to be incredibly entertaining, the way this plays out. You know, these top-end teams, they'll get... Basically a buy in the first round of the playoffs. In, in 4A, I think there's only going to be 10 teams playing in that opening weekend. And are the they playoffs. all Fridays, Trent? Uh, there are some Thursday games. In okay. fact, we got Week 0 games this week. Really? Yeah. Uh, Tomorrow couple, night? Or for Friday? Friday night, yeah. Friday night, I think, uh, what is it? Mostly eight-player games are okay. going to be playing in Week 0. But yeah, there's going to be a few games on Friday night. Uh, Cody Goodwin will join us next. Mitch Holt is still this hour in hour number two. David Kaplan, our friend from Chicago. Uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Speaking of friends, our friends at Centurion Stone sponsored Cappy. And then Frank Schwab, Trent, and I will go around the NFL. Do you believe Bill Belichick is actually considering Jared Stidham over Cam Newton? No, not at all. That's the talk. I, I don't for a minute either. It's hey, real quick on season smokes. I, I think so too. Um, one more real quick hit. I didn't even bother to click on uh, any of it. 
the Big Ten, there's schools that are thinking of leaving the Big Ten. Well, they're not mutiny. really. It's not a mutiny. They are trying to get with the offices and the teams that want to play. So they're not they're, they're not leaving the no, conference. No, that that's not what it is. Okay. It'll be because that's how I read it, and I thought, you know what, that's not even worth right because that that's not going to happen. Correct. But this coalition, they're trying to get six teams. Okay, six teams that do it, and you play. Home and homes with in the, the fall. With in the fall with the other five teams. So what does that do to the Big Ten's plan for spring? Well, the remaining eight teams being played in spring. Spring football's not happening again. I, I know it's not. It's not happening. So yeah, you want to have hope for that spring? You can wait till spring and figure it out there. These five, and they're looking for a sixteen. So so give me the five. Ohio State, Iowa, Nebraska are the big three. Those are the three that have been. Michigan's got to be on that list. They're being talked about. They okay. have not officially okay, so, jumped in. So let me go back because I, I jumped all over you. So Ohio State, Nebraska, Iowa, and... Those are those are the main... Those are the three. Yes. Okay. Michigan, Wisconsin, and Penn State. I thought Alvarez was dead set against it. That's the one. They're trying to basically talk Wisconsin and Michigan into agreeing to this plan. Home and homes, six teams. You play those 10 games with the other five teams that are involved here. So if they do agree to it... Yeah. Can they do it? If the Big Ten would, gives them a thumbs up, I guess they but, can. But would the Big Ten give them I mean, could, would Kevin That's Warren actually issue. sign off on that? I, you wouldn't think so. But at least it's a conversation, right? Hope. Yeah. There's so much money. That's why I... Look, I'm... One... <laughs> 1% of me says there's a chance. Mm-hmm. The other 99 says you're kidding yourself. Yeah, yeah. Right? But the 1% trend is all based on one thing. Money. Money. And athletic budgets that go along with that and money. TV money. That's right. You don't have, have games on TV, you're not going to collect a check from Fox and ESPN. Would, would the Big Ten Conference go along with the Big Ten Network televising those six rogue programs that decided to play in the fall? Oh, yeah. It's money. Got to pay those bills. Pay them bills. Is there a chance at this, you think? I mean... Maybe. I wish I, now I wish I would have clicked on it. Maybe I'm just being more hopeful I than think anything. you are. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cody Goodwin next. Let's hope that we can put $1,000 in somebody's pocket. KXNO and iHeart want to help you pay your bills. Uh, text the keyword SMILE to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. That's SMILE to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Cody Goodwin next. Mitch Holt is still to come this hour. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. We talked a lot of good sports in the first segment. Mm-hmm. This Coach Ogeron story, LSU, Darius Geis, apparently raped two uh, when he was at LSU. Two women have come forward and said, because he was just charged mm-hmm. uh, with the Washington football team, uh, and he was uh, released from there very quickly. But this is a story that uh, clip and save uh, Coach Ogeron, Ooh. at least one of the allegations that's now making uh, going public against him, is not a good light. Uh, the... Um, coach of the national championship team from last year so file that one away uh cody goodwin writes for the des moines register amongst other things he covers high school sports cody good to speak with you again trent and ken how are you sir 
I'm doing phenomenal. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Let's start with the tweet that you just put out, and uh, it was a good. I think you did uh, the right thing. Uh, people or to schools rather uh, did not play baseball. There were some that opted out. You checked. Everybody is in for high school football this year. Yeah, that uh, you know, because there were a handful of baseball teams and even softball teams. I was curious, you know, because they. I believe the deadline was earlier this week if schools didn't want to play. Um, so it sounds like there might be one school that's not playing, uh, but I, I don't know that it has anything to do with uh, football. So I think that's Woodward Academy that's not playing. But elsewhere, um, everybody's on board. Uh, everybody's moving forward, and I, I, you know, I think that's you know, hey, it speaks to the the knowledge we have now of the of the virus and and how it spreads and all that um, compared to maybe you know earlier this summer when teams had to make that decision or schools had to make that decision, I suppose. But um, I'm glad to hear that everybody's on board at at least giving it a shot. Big change, obviously, from what we went through with baseball and softball is for some schools, not all, but school will be in session. And that means mm-hmm. a lot more contact, a lot more people in close proximity to each other. When you look at that avenue, how much more concerning is getting this fall sports season in football, volleyball, cross country, on and on and on in comparison to what we saw this summer? How much more difficult do you believe it'll be? Um, I think there's obviously going to be hurdles because, you know, now you have the school component, right? Um, you know, I think that what, what's the number? Uh, 50% of uh, students or 50% of classes have to be, um, you know, in-person learning over the course of this year. At least that was an order from the governor. Um, not sure how many schools are going to um, go through with that all the way. I know that you can apply for a waiver um, if you want to go fully online or at least start fully online. You know, that's something that uh, Des Moines Public Schools are trying to do. Um, you know, I know that I think there's a separate waiver in the works or a separate proclamation in the works because of the derecho over in Cedar Rapids. And so there's a lot of schools that were completely displaced, um, no, sure. you know, and they're just they're not going to be able to start in person um, whenever they get that ball rolling. So, you know, there's that element to it. But also, I mean, we've all been to high school football games. We know how much contact there is, obviously, you know, it's in the trenches, um, you know, obviously tackling on virtually every play. Um, you know, volleyball has the challenge of playing indoors. Um, that's going to be a little bit of a challenge because apparently the virus, it, it transmits a little quicker and a little easier indoors. Um, you know, cross country, I don't know that that people are talking about cross country enough because if anybody's ever been to a cross country meet, I mean, that's, it's a huge cluster of bodies mm-hmm. at the beginning of the race. And, you know, when they're running, they're not worried about trying to distance from each other. They're just trying to run. And a lot of them run shoulder to shoulder, quite literally. And then when you get to the end of the race, a lot of them just kind of you know, they gave all they had to try and run the race, especially when it comes to, you know, state competitions and postseason competitions. Um, you know, they all kind of collapse and, and hang out and recover right there in the immediacy after the race. And so, you know, there's, it's kind of hard to distance in there, too. So, you know, I, I wonder how some of these are going to work. Um, but there are going to be a lot more challenges than there were for baseball and softball just because the kids kind of came and went from practice every day. Um, the games themselves don't lend itself to a lot of, um, you know, you're able to distance kind of naturally. That's just kind of the way the games unfold. Um, so there are going to be a lot of challenges, I think, coming up this fall, and it's really going to be interesting to see how the schools handle it um, and, and kind of, you know, what is it going to mean moving forward and, and how many, you know, hurdles are we going to hit, you know, as the seasons unfold. Cody Goodwin from the Des Moines Register is our guest. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Cody, obviously a lot of guys, uh, not a lot of eyes, rather, uh, on Des Moines public schools. If they don't get the waiver, 
And I'm just not sure that uh, the Governor Reynolds is going to grant that waiver. We know her stance that there should be no extracurricular activities uh, if there is no school. Uh, Des Moines Public Schools, um, uh, Earhart has come out and said that, no, they're going to begin online. Uh, something's got to give, Cody. Somebody's got to blink. And I would have to think that somebody's going to blink here relatively soon because, as everybody knows, football starts a week from Friday. Who's going to blink? Man, that's a, I wish I knew the answer to that question because there's a, there's a lot of interesting parts about this particular scenario. It was the Department of Education that announced last Friday, um, and it was basically in a, in a frequently asked question type statement about, you know, what, what is it going to look like, you know, with kids, you know, doing 50% or if, if kids want to do fully online or schools want to do fully online for their kids. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of questions here at play, and the couple that stuck out, obviously, was the fact that, you know, the DOE, said that schools that start 100% online or go 100% online, um, they would have to suspend activities, and that includes sports. Um, what we don't know, and I have not gotten an answer from this, and I've reached out to the Department of Education a couple of different times to try and seek answers, is how exactly they're going to enforce it. Um, you know, because take West Des Moines Valley, for example. West Des Moines, they're doing a hybrid model so that they can meet the 50% um, rule laid out by the governor, but let's say that there's you know, clusters that break out in West Des Moines and they have to go 100% online sometime at the end of September, early October. Does that mean we have to pause the football team for those two weeks and they don't get to play, you know, whoever's at the end of their season or, or do, you know, would that, um, you know, would that screw them out of, you know, a first round postseason game? We don't know. I haven't gotten an answer to that question. The other, I mean, the other thing about this too is that, um, you know, athletics are a, they're not mandatory activities in athletics. And I mean, we're talking, you know, football, cross country, volleyball, but also band and different types of music and different types of after school clubs. Those are not mandatory. Those are, those are voluntary. You know, kids can opt out at any point. Parents and families can make the decision to opt out and not do that at any point. Um, you know, and I, the other thing too, is that the, when the department of education announced that, you know, families who decide that they want their kids to go hundred percent virtual learning, um, you know, those kids are still technically eligible for activities and, and post-school um, extracurriculars and whatnot. And, and the Department of Education is leaving that up to the school to decide if those kids should do extracurriculars or post-school post, uh, post activities like sports and whatnot. So it, it, I still haven't gotten a clear interpretation of how exactly they're going to enforce this, which makes me think that, you know, and especially, you know, I, good on DMPS to come out and, you know, they're going to apply for the waiver to start 100% online. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the people on that school board and a lot of parents that were at that meeting on Monday came out in full support of, you know, hey, we might start online, but we think our athletes should get to play. And ultimately, I think that's how this is going to unfold until the Department of Education comes out and figures out how exactly they're going to enforce that rule. So we have all this happening, and with it, we have an influx of talent coming into our state, a number of D1 prospects, coupled with one of the best recruiting classes even before all these kids transferring into the state. The 2021 class is as highly ranked and as number of D1 kids as we've seen in a really long time here. As long as we get this season in, Cody, it's going to be about as high level of football. Who are your favorites in 4A? Who do you like at the top to ultimately bring home the hardware at the Unidome? Oh, man. Um so I've, I've actually spent most of my week, I mean, we send out preseason surveys to all the coaches around the state, um, you know, and not everybody gets back to us, but a good majority of them do. And, you know, we're following, you know, where these transfers are going and who's returning and who's leaving and, you know, kind of what the makeups of these teams are going to be like. Um, you nailed it, man. I mean, this is going to be a really fun football season just with, you know, the additional talent that's coming in and, you know, a lot's being made of the Colorado quarterback, Jake Rudley, that's coming in for Valley. 
Um, you know, but they had Nasir Washington back from last year. He's a really good defensive lineman. Jaden Williams, obviously, a 1,000-yard rusher last year. is their number two running back. Um, <laughs> can never count out Dowling Catholic, obviously, because you know that they're always going to reload and you know that they always pride themselves on big offensive linemen. But, um, you know, they got a kid like Louis Brooks. Um, they got a kid like Andrew Lynch at tight end. Um, you know, I hear that they're going to have a pretty stout quarterback this year, too, so they might throw the ball around a little bit. Um, you know, we could see some, you know, some high-flying passing offenses. And then you got Ankeny as well with Jace Bauer, Brody Breck, um, Colin Kadoff, a lot of really good, talented players out there. Ankeny could be a really, you know, they could, you know, we talk a lot about Valley and Dowling here in Central Iowa, but Ankeny could be that sneaky third team and, um, you know, that I think people really need to pay attention to. Elsewhere, um, you know, Cedar Falls has developed into a really strong program. I'm curious to kind of see what they're going to look like. Um, Bettendorf could be, you know, another team that I don't think people are talking about enough as the beneficiary of some transfers that are coming in from out of state because they're right there on the Illinois border. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could we see some Davenport schools get some kids? Could we see some Dubuque school get some, get some kids? You know, who's coming down from Minnesota? I don't know that we have a full list of the transfers that are in yet. Um, you know, but I, you obviously start with Valley and Dowling. I think you throw Ankeny into that mix. I think Southeast Polk is a team that's got a lot of talent this year that we're going to see. Um, you know, and then count in some of the traditional powers like Bettendorf. Um, you know, and then from there, I, once the season gets underway, I think we'll have a better idea. That's kind of the, the, the annoying part, but also the beautiful part of the preseason is that we, we don't know anything yet. And then once we start playing games is when we finally start to learn things. But I, I think you start there, and then you know, from there you kind of let the season play out and see what we can find. Good work, Cody. Good one. Appreciate what you do at the register. And uh, when you're uh, able to join us, certainly makes uh, our program better. Thank you, Cody. We appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, Cody Goodwin, Des Moines Register on high school sports. So he thinks that the Department of Education and the governor will blink. I hope so. I do, too. Let the kids have their extracurriculars. Absolutely. We'll see. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. And as bystanders, we'll sit and watch it to eyes wide open. Miller and Condon till noon. We've got to take a break. Mitch Holtis is going to join us next. The voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, David Kaplan, kicks off our number two. Frank Schwab in the NFL as well. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. <laughs> segment of hour number one uh, coming up in the next hour we'll get to our friend david kaplan right off the bat from espn 1000 in chicago uh he's the voice of the uh, defending world champion uh, kansas city chiefs chiefs kingdom he's mitch holtis as you well know mitch trenton ken thanks for coming on how are you mitch good back at it this is starting to stretch maybe the toughest stretch of training camp getting ready for that houston texan game i guess a couple weeks from tomorrow night but um Five days in pads and a six-day stretch. So difficult, but an Andy Reid, I mean, welcome to Andy Reid training camp football. Yeah, I love it, Mitch. You know what? Let's uh, spend some time talking to Andy Reid here. Uh, Yesterday when you were with us, you mentioned uh, just how difficult it is to repeat uh, as champions. You look at the roster. We've talked earlier about all the returning starters that they have. Uh, The schedule is, uh, I mean, you look at week number three, and obviously that gets everybody's attention. Uh, so let's talk about the head coach who finally got his first Super Bowl win. And I think the league, honestly, genuinely was happy uh, that Andy Reid was finally able to uh, get over that hump, right? And now is along the, amongst those greats that have won a Super Bowl. But in order to take that next step, Mitch, uh, you, you got to win another one in some people's mind. Uh, the Chiefs certainly have the talent to do that. Uh, they have the right head coach, I believe. Uh, let's spend some time discussing Andy Reid. What's it like to work with Andy Reid? Phenomenal. He's a 
generational coach, completely transformed the Chiefs' kingdom. People forget that the Chiefs' kingdom was at the bottom of the ocean when he took over. 2-14, and 14, did not win an AFC game for the first time in their history, and just a complete mess. And within a week and a half, he started to transform the building and started his first season of his first of eight uh, at 9-0 and with the team that talent-wise was in lower third of the league. But it leads me to one of the interesting, really one of the interesting facts to me in NFL history, Ken, and that is uh, no coach has ever won a Super Bowl with two different teams. The point is, the feeling here would be you never hire a coach that's won a Super Bowl with another team. That's why Mike McCarthy at Dallas yeah. right now yeah. and John Gruden of the Raiders are interesting to watch because they have both won one, but will they be the first to ever do it at two different places? And the reason I say that is Andy Reid was burning to win one. Um, eight different times, uh, won the division title with the Eagles. Look at all of the NFC Championship games, lost the Super Bowl uh, to the Patriots. You hire the guy who's burning to win one. Andy Reid was burning to win it, but he talks about the edge. What does it have? What does it take to have the edge to try to repeat? The edge to stay humble and keep working hard, I think, are important. Also, um, I was lucky enough to be on a team that went to back-to-back Super Bowls. We won the first one, lost the second one, and then I had a chance to be lucky enough to be on teams that went to quite a few championships and a few in a row. So there's a tremendous amount of urgency that goes into that, and attention to detail. The uh, you hear coaches say this, but it's real if you want to um, if you, if you want to play at that level. Here's the point, Ken. He did go back to back with Green Bay when he was Mike Holmgren's assistant, and they lost to the your Broncos uh, in one of your glorious days uh, in 1997 at the end of the 97 season. But he laid it out there. It seems basic, but hard to do. And why has nobody done it at two different places? Here's why. It's so hard to get to that edge point. Now, six teams, six different coaches have repeated as Super Bowl champions, but they did it all at the same place. Once you get it up and running, it's easier to get your second one, but it's so hard to go to some other place, usually in dire straits when they hire you, to get it done at another place another time. And to me, it's one of the interesting facts of the NFL. But Andy Reid's got a shot this year because it was like all of the six previous, Chuck Knoll, uh, Don Shula, Vince Lombardi, Mike Shanahan, when the Broncos won it back-to-back, and Belichick. He's wired the same way. He's, he's, and uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson and the Cowboys, those are the guys that have done it before. And Andy Reid certainly fits the category because he burns to win it like he's never won it. So uh, I've got a question for you, Mitch. This is an offseason like we've never dealt with before. You're normally doing preseason games at this point. That's not a part of it. We don't know what rosters are exactly going to look like, how quickly rosters and two deeps are going to change. As you're preparing for this season and you're going you know, kind of inside baseball, if you will, take us behind the curtain, what you're doing, not just your preparation with the Chiefs, which is, I would guess, pretty standard for what you do, but the opposition research that you normally be doing at this time, just how different it is not having these preseason games. It's, it's a moving target, Trent. And I said that, I mean, it's a dartboard on a pendulum. And you're trying to throw the darts, and then the dartboard poofs away, and it was virtual. Um, it, it's very difficult. I mean, you can try to keep, and I, I do. I keep an eye on the other 31 teams, and mostly the teams that are our opponents. When you look at what the Chiefs face, obviously Houston, but it is so crazy 
from the fact you you don't know what the rosters will be like. Sixteen guys will go to a practice squad. Six of those can be veterans. So you're looking, well, is Houston going to hide a guy? Or maybe they've got some depth at a certain spot. Uh, they have a brand-new defensive coordinator. So Romeo Cornell's not there anymore. What are they going to do different defensively? But it's very hard to get that information, and it's always it's always helpful. Preseason football is way more important than fans want it to be uh, or think it is just because of the standpoint that you said. So it's a challenge. I mean, it's a challenge with my own team. I'm watching practice today from 120 yards away through binoculars because I've, I'm not in a tier yet, and I, I may get tested – next week to be in a tier one because we have a ring celebration coming up. But the point is it's all changed, uh, but at least we're playing and the NFL is, is determined to play, but anything you've done in the past is really kind of off limits. You've got to reinvent yourself. Uh, Mitch in our final minute here, before we talk about our friends over at Papa John's, you know, when I looked at the chief schedule uh, and we've talked a lot about, you know, um, maybe being better than 12 and four last year and, can't get much better than winning a Super Bowl. But when you look at this schedule, Mitch, you know what jumps out to me? <laughs> yes, sir. It's the road games. You've got to go to the yep. Ravens in week number three. You've got to go to yep. Buffalo. I think the Bills are absolutely going to be legit in the AFC East. You've got to go to Tampa Bay and take on Tom Brady and company. You've got to go to New Orleans just before Christmas, as loud a building as there is. We don't know what the fans are going to be like as far as will they be there. But this road schedule out of conference or out of division rather is daunting i and i understand that and i think you're dead on with it ken but just take a look at 18 and 19 schedule if you look at what the chiefs had to face in 18 and 19 it is equally as daunting they had to open on the road back to back on road games uh two years ago and in 17 they opened on the road at new england and they had to in 18 when Mahomes was getting started, they had to start at the Chargers, who were good that year. Yeah. Then they had to go to Pittsburgh before they had a home game with San Francisco. <laughs> and so there's been a daunting schedule here, really, the last three years. But they don't bring it on. Let's go. Yeah, and they started, what, 9 or 10 and won that <laughs> year in 2018. I remember that. All right, Mitch, I also remember how good Papa John's is, in particular the Shakaroni. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that before we let you go. I just like the chacaroni. It feels like comfort food. But i got to ask you guys, because the Donaldsons were interested too. Yesterday I said, what? I've got a cutout version I've ordered That's right. of Shaq <laughs> sitting at my table like these baseballs yeah. sitting behind home plate. What What jersey? Trent, what do you got? I, I'm going with the original. Shaq be in at your table? I, I, I want to see him in the Magic jersey. I want to see the pinstripes. And you know, Shaq's a big dude anymore. Those pinstripes can be a little slimming. So I'm going old school <laughs> Magic and, and going with the original pinstripes they had back in the day. Mm. I mean, I, I'm, and the Canadian. I, I got to do the same thing, Mitch. I think that's how I remember. Look, he won championships with Kobe, and we'll never forget that era, the Lakers. But something the Heat? about won a him. title there. Yeah, I can't. Not the Heat. I'm not going the Heat. He's a he member of the Magic or member of the Lakers. Those are my two. I, I guess to be different than Trent, I'll go Lakers. I'll go different than both of you. LSU. Ah, oh, nice. An LSU jersey, and I ordered a cut out of Dale Brown, the preacher. Absolutely. He'll be sitting in the other chair, and we'll have some chacaroni pizza, the three of us. That's oh, great. My from Papa John. I would love to be a fly on that wall, Mitch Holtis. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Right. And cutouts are talking to me. You know i got problems. <laughs> Indeed. See you, Mitch. We'll talk to you Thursday. Take care. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, that was just a completely out of left field Dale Brown and my great uncle, who is the wrestling coach at LSU, were great friends. Didn't know that. And heard some uh, some funny stories about Dale Brown and 
talking about they'd each you know get together and hoist a few and <laughs> talk about recruiting, recruiting wrestling in the South. And he, my uncle, tried to come out to Iowa and get guys from here, from where he was from. And then the recruiting side for Dale Brown and recruiting basketball players at LSU. Night and day difference between what they had to do. My uncle always joked, you know, I could get a guy down here to LSU, a good wrestler from the Midwest, and you know, I might have to offer him a little something, something to get him down here, at least for a visit. Dale Brown, though, to get some of those players to get down to LSU for basketball, it'd be a duffel bag and a little bit more. <laughs> I wonder what kind of duffel bag Shaq ended up getting to right. make his way to Baton Rouge. That doesn't happen in college. No, it would never no, happen. No, no. The 11 o'clock hour is next. David Kaplan will lead things off. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.